what they had done and so forth, he called their names. I wonder where that would be in the Scripture. I'll read it for you. In the first chapter of St. John, the 24th verse, the 40th verse, and one of the two which heard Jesus speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first finds his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Not only that, but other places, many places through the Scripture. He knows all things. He knows your name, your address, where you live, what you're doing, all about it. See, he just reveals as he will. So, now, I wish to bring maybe a few moments of something before you tonight. I think it's best for me to continue just to pray for the sick. So I want to bring something to your memory that many of you perhaps have read. And uh, maybe while we're looking at that, I want to get a scripture here for that, too. And um, there's, uh, how many read last November's issue of Reader's Digest, that article in there about the miracle of Donnie Martin, where we feel? Any of you in here ever read it? I see one lady, just two, three, as many of you, I guess, read it. Well, um, here it is. I want to read in Acts 2 now, please. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by signs and miracles, God did by him in the midst of you, which yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel, the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken with wicked hands and have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. David, for David spake concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Let's bow our heads just a moment. Now, Father dear, we love you. We pray that you'll forgive us of our trespasses and help us in this coming part of the service now. And then in the healing line, grant, O Lord God that your spirit will be so overpowering tonight that Satan cannot hold one speck of doubt in people's hearts, but they may all believe with one accord, and may there be a great rejoicing, and may many that are sitting here sick and afflicted go home well. Sinners, go home saved. Backsliders, go home back in fellowship with God again. Grant it, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'll try to get over here just a little bit. If you excuse me, I won't watch that clock, so I won't, I won't start the prayer line at 9 o'clock. Now, in the Reader's Digest, it was a very nice article. If you haven't gotten it, just write in and tell them you want last November's issue of Reader's Digest. And now, while I'm saying these things, I, I don't want you to get 
worked up and walk out. I want you to sit and listen at it through just a few minutes so you can see how the narrative, how people get, and how, how thin-minded that people can be. Uh, in there was a, a, a glorious article. And it was well written. Now, you, when you get it, you find the, the subject, the miracle of Donnie Martin. I was in Costa Mesa, California at the time when the, the event taken place. And I don't like to testify about my own meeting. I'd rather somebody else would do that because I haven't done one thing, my friends. It's what Jesus Christ has did in, in the meeting. That it isn't me. I've always thought in the writing of the Acts of the Apostles, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. I would, to my opinion, now the writer of the Bible, ever who put it together, the early writers, they call it the Acts of the Apostles. But I think what it really is is the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles is what it is. See? The, act, the Apostles never acted it. There's the Holy Spirit acting in the Apostles. What did it? But uh, call that, so we just leave it then. Now, the Reader's Digest writes it like this, and it's the most dramatic story and heart-rendering story that you've read in a long time to hear how this story starts. It was a, a way up in Saskatchewan, Canada, almost up into the no-man's land. I'd had meetings up around Saskatoon and from there way on up into the, well, I forget the name of the place we had up there, had 10,000 Indians and the Eskimos in the, in the meeting. And uh, oh, a place was many times bigger than this, and just packed out. They're just sitting everywhere, standing on the outside of Eskimos and Indians that came to the meeting. And white people, um, uh, Prince Albert, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And um, so I remember uh, having the meeting there. Anyhow, in there was two deaf and dumb people that had been come down from over around another province and were born deaf and dumb. And both of them were healed and went back into their province of speaking and hearing. And so the little Donnie Martin, he had set up some kind of a rare brain disease. And the, the people of, uh, had taken him to be examined and everywhere and they'd give him up. They brought the boy to, to my service. Now first the doctor said the little boy must die. Mayo, John Hopkins, they had him in the United States, everything give him up, there's no operation, that it'd be impossible. If you operate on the boy's head for that, it would kill him instantly. Mayo Brothers. Now, of course, the Reader's Digest didn't say Mayo Brothers because males would get after him for that. You have to watch what you're putting in public literature. And so, there's, uh, but you can read between the lines and see what it meant, see what it said. But we have the tape recording. That's the reason on our meetings. You see, we pick up tapes of every meeting. Somebody comes and says, well, the Lord said to me, sir, sir, we'll play back over the record and find out whether that's truth or not, see? And we know right where we got it, see, on the recording. So there's a woman come to me here some time ago and said, well, the Lord said a certain woman is going to be healed right then. I said, well, if he said that, that's just that she hasn't been healed yet. I said, well, I don't know. Brother Hall was talking to her, so he said, we'll play the recording. Asked what night it was, went back and got the recording and played. Well, the Lord never said anything about it. <laughs> the woman come on the platform, a perfect unbeliever. She's a rich woman. This was her maid that brought her. And she persuaded her and begged her to come. 
And finally she got her to the platform like that, and the Lord told her where she had been and who she was and what was her matter, and asked her why she had so much unbelief in her heart. And she said, well, she would try to believe, and, I, and it said to her, then actually got through, I said, the Lord bless you and heal you, my sister. She went off the platform. Well, that, I told her, I said, the Lord bless you and heal you. But when God speaks, you hear him, you know who is this speaking then. It's not the preacher, it's him. It speaks then, that's different. What I say, just like any other man, I want her to be healed, and I prayed for her, but that's all I could do. But she said, the Lord said so. You watch what he's saying. Watch what he tells them, and you'll know just what to depend on. When the little boy—here's the Reader's Digest, the way they wrote it. The little fellow had been brought from—they had to put him in a sled or something and bring him over grounds. He's twisted. His little hands is drawn down in this condition, his little legs up under him, about eight years old, his little head setting sideways, his eyes pushed one one way and one the other. It's a, always a pitiful-looking sight. And the little fellow shook like this and just smelled terrible. And the poor little father, this little sled would turn over nearly when the horses pack him through the way, bring them out, and he'd keep patting him on the moonlight night and saying, Don't fear, Donnie, honey, we're not whipped yet. Said he knowed two people that had been healed in my meeting and said, if I can ever get where that man's at, God will do something for my baby. So he, they finally got to the airport, him and his wife, and they couldn't, they couldn't, hadn't, didn't have enough money for even one of them to come on a plane. They didn't have enough money to come on a train. So they had to take just the man and he brought the baby. And they come all the way from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to Los Angeles, California and went into Traveler's Aid for help. And then, of course, watch the Reader's Digest. It said he was searching, for, said a divine what? A question mark. I'd imagine what they said. And so he said, never mind. This man believes that if the man prays for his baby, he'll get help. So let's see if we can get it. And they attached uh, the paper, put a car, and they took way down in Costa Mesa, 40-something miles down to Assembly of God campgrounds where they had a big school there, and I was speaking to the ministers. And they brought him in that night, and they, they said there was 2,700 people standing in line to be prayed for when we got there. And of course, everybody had to require a prayer card. And um, I was praying for the people. Now, here's where I began to know. I've seen him. They said when he stepped out of the car, all those people standing in prayer line, they just stepped back when they seen that poor little ragged father, that little Canadian cap on, walking with this poor little baby, and coming along. He didn't eat. He had to change it just like a baby. It's diapers and everything, and he didn't, he didn't have time to eat. He'd just run and get a drink of water and get hit something to eat and then go on. Oh, it was a pathetic story. And um, so he kept saying, all right, Donnie, we're not whipped yet, honey. We're not whipped yet. And just keep on like that. And when the folks at the place saw, standing in that prayer line, way down through that field, when they saw this poor man coming, they just stepped aside to give him his place. Well, when he come to the platform, Billy Paul asked him for his prayer card. Of course, he didn't have any. He said, sir, I didn't even know I had to have a prayer card. Well, Billy and the ushers had orders for the people to line up. That's legitimately and that's right, just exactly what they should be. I heard him, he said, well, that's all right. I said, what must I do now to get a prayer card? Where must I go? That's holding up the prayer line. I said, what's the matter? He said, I'm just a man without a prayer card. I said, well, it's having to step off to one side. And I looked back and I seen that baby and something said to me, call him now. I never seen the baby. 
So the Reader's Digest gives the whole article of it. Now, I brought the little baby up, said, never asked a question, but looked right into the little baby's face and said, you bring this baby from Canada and you come here by a bus, a Greyhound bus. Traveler's Aid has helped, and he'd been there about five minutes. The Traveler's Aid has helped you to get here. And uh, the baby has been to Mayo Brothers and John Hopkins who's got a rare brain disease and there's no way for them to operate. The baby must die. And he started screaming real loud, and I prayed for the little baby. He started crying real loud and started off the platform. He turned around and he said, what about my baby? Will it ever get well? I said, that I don't know, sir. And while I was speaking to him, a vision broke forth. And I said, yes, your baby. Three days from now, you're going to meet a woman with a, a brown-looking, I guess you call it coat suit. has got a coat here and a skirt beneath. And she's black-headed. And she's going to tell you of some country doctor that can operate on that baby, and you won't believe it. But that's the only hope that you have through the mercy of God and that operation. You let the doctor operate on the baby. Well, he went off the platform crying, and well, the next day the baby seemed to be a lot better after he was prayed for. It could move his little arms. Well, he forgot all about the woman. He was going to go on that way. So about a few days after that, he was walking down the street, getting it out so he'd get in the air, you know, walking it down the street, and um, or walking down the street with it in his arms, rather. And a lady said, "What?" What's the matter with your baby, sir? And he said, well, it's a, a brain disease. He said, a rare brain disease. And uh, she um, said, you know, I know a doctor that operated on a baby like that one time that was that way, and the baby's normal now. Well, he said, but lady said, male brother said it. I said, wait a minute, a brown coat suit, black hair. I said, say, lady, where's that doctor at? And the Reader's Digest gives the place who he was. And they took that baby over there, and the doctor performed the operation absolutely successfully. And the baby come out of him. And so they had the baby around there. He got sort to run, meet his daddy and everything. The daddy went back to plant his spring wheat or something or other. Now, here's what the digest didn't get, see, what didn't picture. But we had to know behind, because if you did, that a hospital would bring suit against this paper, and there's where it would be, a slip-up come. Somebody left a window up one night and threw a draft across the baby, and the baby taking pneumonia and lived about two days with the pneumonia. Not with the disease, with the pneumonia, killed the baby. The Reader's Digest give it. Then it goes ahead and gives a nice, good write-up about that the miracle was already performed anyhow. Well, about three months before that, I told you one night I was going to speak on demonology. And I want to speak these next few minutes on demonology. The next... I'm writing a book, if I can. You, I don't know where you'll be able to read it or not, but I, I want to get it wrote. On demonology, my personal contact with demons. Friends are just as real as, as you're real. And I see them many times when they leave right. I see them leave right from this platform here. I see them, some of them in shape of bats, look like long hairs hanging on their legs. But an epileptic demon looks like a Taurus with round legs hanging up like that. But usually a demon of, of oppression seems to be more of a, of a cloud form, like a wave. And it just makes a real funny sound when it's uh, 
when you're in that other dimension to see the Spirit. Now, you may think that's wrong, but some of these days you'll realize. If you could only take a spiritual looking glass and look into your soul, you'd doubt, and you'd find out what it looks like. And the greatest devil and the chief of all devils is unbelief. That's the only sin there is. There's no other sin but unbelief. All these little morals and things, smoking, drinking, gambling, and committing adultery, that's just attributes. You do that because you don't believe. Unbelievers, what makes you do that? If you was a believer, you wouldn't do it. That's right. Now, it's just like I think the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit is not the Holy Ghost. It's the attributes of the Holy Ghost. See? Gifts of healing, speaking in tongues, and all those other things are attributes. It's the fruit that the tree bears. See? The tree's the main thing. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God, and God is love. And But the strange thing about three magazines, I'm not too sure, three months before this article come out, many of you read that article of Mrs. Pepper, that great spiritualist in New York. How many read that, Mrs. Pepper? And it'll come out about three months in the magazine before mine. Well, since 1895, the whole world's tried to stump that woman. How many Christians in here raise your hand? Christian believers, raise your hand. I want, from the depths of your heart, I want you to say, Brother Bram, I am a believer. Well, there's most of you are. All right. Now, I'm speaking directly to Christians so that you can see the pro and con, the negative and positive. Whereas anybody asks you, then you can give them a, an answer. Now, of everything that God has, the devil has a counterfeit. You go, and whatever you want to do, you find like these old dances, that's of the devil. But God has a holy dance for the people. The Bible said so. I was one of the greatest critics on that you ever seen. So God told me what to do. I find out that Miriam danced in the Spirit, David danced when he had victory, and all many times, all of it was through, was victory. It was dancing, holy dancing. For instance, in the Bible, if a dreamer dreamed a dream, or a prophet prophesied, they had a, a plate called the Urim of Thundam that went over the breast of Aaron. And when they went before this plate and spoke, and then lights flashed on the plate, God was sanctioning it that it was the truth. Is that right? If it didn't speak on there, then it was wrong. Now, look, the devil come around in a pattern of that, took a crystal ball. See? Everything that God has, everything in the natural types of spiritual, I know I'm a typologist, and I believe that every natural thing types of spiritual. Don't you? For instance, like this. When Jesus died at Calvary, how many, what elements came from his body? Water, blood, spirit. Is that right? Now, any minister or any believer knows that that's what constitutes a new birth. Is that right? That constitutes a new birth. St. John 7, 5. For there are three that bear record on earth, water, blood, and spirit. When they pierced his side, water and blood came out. He said, Into thy hands I command my spirit. Those elements went from his body, and it takes those same elements to bring us to his body. 
That constitutes a new birth. Now, what constitutes a natural birth? It's a mixed audience, but listen. The first thing, water, blood, spirit. See? Everything is, everything is a natural and spiritual all tied together. Watch, get acquainted with God, and you'll see his great move in nature. You see him in the sunsets, in the flowers, and everywhere. You can see him all around you because he is all around you. That gives you perfect confidence that you're in love with him and you're, he's in love with you. He loved you, predestinated you, foreordained you before the world began, has brought you here, saved you, cleansed you up, and filled you with his spirit. Well, how could you have doubt? There you are. See, that gives you a perfect setting of faith. When you know those things, that gives you courage and my, you know where you're standing. Now, back to the, our subject. This woman, they take, she was just a housewife, common woman, Miss Pepper. You get the article, the Reader's Digest will be glad to send you one. I just have the one left, or I'd say I could give it to you. Mr. Baxter has one, one of the managers. And he wrote about ten pages in there of her. Way back in over fifty years ago, she began to fall in trances, and she would talk to the dead. Now that's spiritualism, which is of the devil. Now, and then they take her to England, and she stumped the best they had in England. They take her to Italy, everywhere, and she stumped everything they've ever put before her, because she spoke to the dead all the time. They go down in Italy and get a man who could speak English and bring him to England and dress him up like an Englishman and propose to be an Englishman and call one of his dead friends and he'd tell him, tell him that, well, remember the big times we had and what all they went and done and everything like that? So the Reader's Digest said that it was proved here not long ago that some statesman thought he kissed the hand of his ghostly mother in a seance meeting, but the next morning was proved in police courts that he kissed a piece of cheesecloth. Just a trick. But there is a real medium. She's of the devil. And there's a real spirit of God, of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible, Jesus said that in the last days it'd be so close that it would deceive the very elect if possible. And as soon as Miss Pepper's article run, that's greatest, widest published magazine in the world. And isn't it strange? that those two articles run side by side, just a little bit apart. Now, talk about preachers over the country who didn't know their Bible. They wrote to me by the hundreds. All right, Brother Branham, we exactly see where you stand now. There you are. There's that spiritually. She's still living over a hundred years old. In New York now, says the Reader's Digest, perfectly deaf and sitting back in there. But the scientific world takes care of her because they've used her for a guinea pig. And then they had to say there at the bottom, we have to say that when the people cease to exist here, they are existing somewhere else because she calls them up and she's been everywhere and they've tried her for everything. She calls the spirits of the dead. Well, you wouldn't have to do that. The Bible said so. But it's of the devil. Then, here are the ministers fired letters into my office, so the secretary packed them up with boxes full. There you are, Brother Branham. That shows just exactly, we know you as a spiritualist. So I sat down and wrote a, a, a 
form letter. Now listen closely. And here's what I told him. I said, brethren, if that's all you know about God, you ought to come out behind the pulpit. That's exactly right. If that's all you know about God, you don't need to be behind the pulpit because Satan will just do anything to you and you'll never know nothing about him. Why, it's a disgrace. Now let me just show you a simple thing, friends. You get the two magazines, read them yourself, both, both articles. Now, the first thing that if I, if the two spirits Jesus said in the last days, course them demon spirits is arising. Sure they are. They've always been here. They will be until Jesus comes. And they live right in people and people don't know it. They give them unclean habits and, and sicknesses and diseases and all kinds. Everything's caused by spirits. Deafness is a spirit. Do you know that? The doctor says the nerves went dead, but what made it go dead? What made it go dead? The Bible said when the deaf spirit come out of the man, he could hear. Is that right? So it's a spirit. A cancer's a spirit. A tumor's a spirit. All those things are epilepsy's a spirit. Jesus rebuked the devil, the boy with epilepsy, and he fell on the ground and had the hardest fit he ever had. But when he got over that, when he was finished with it, see, a lot of them said, well, he didn't get healed. Look at him. He's got the worst spell he ever had. But that's all of them. Notice. Now, the woman, if I gave any of you men here tonight a dollar bill and would say, is this, I give you this envelope, I'd say, is that a dollar bill? Why, well, you'd say, certainly not. The devil's too smart for that. But Jesus said that two spirits be so close together to see the elect if possible. Then if I give you a dollar bill, it'll have to look a whole lot like a real genuine dollar or you'd recognize it right now. Is that right? That's how the devil comes around, friends. It ain't a communist, communistic spirit. It's an antichrist, but that ain't the antichrist Jesus spoke of. That's anything. The antichrist spirit is so religious. Cain, as I've been telling you about, were just as religious as Abel was. And those things come right down, and they're brothers. Esau and Jacob. Everything has been the Christ and Judas and Jesus. Some people only see three crosses on Golgotha. They was four. There was Jesus and one thief and another thief. Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree, and Judas hung himself on a sycamore tree. Is that right? He was on just as much cross as Jesus was, on a tree. Now there was the Son of God came from heaven, returning back to heaven, taking with him the repented sinner. There was the son of perdition from hell, come from hell, returning back to hell, taking back the unrepented sinner. If thou be, that question mark on God's word, if thou be the son of God. But this other never tried to figure it out. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in. See? Now, watch this closely. Those pro and con. Now, if I gave you a dollar, if you're a smart man, the first thing you would do to that dollar, if it looks and you're, it's drawn out, looks so perfect like it, the first thing you'll do is take a hold of it and feel it. A real dollar is not exactly paper. 
It's silk. It's the value in it. What makes it the dollar? Well, now, let's just take that now to these two. Take Mrs. Pepper on one side and on the other side. And myself for the other side, representing God. Now, look, the whole article, you read it yourself, and you see how people could be that loose-minded on them. For the past 50 years, in all of her experience, there wasn't one time she mentioned God, Christ, resurrection, divine healing, anything at all. It was everything, some kind of a frolic and nonsense that somebody done back under a long time ago. No value to it at all, no help to nobody. But watch over on this side. It's constantly preaching repentance, come to Christ, divine healing, resurrection, second coming of Christ. The value of it proves what it is. Is that right? And then another thing. If you're a little bit in doubt about the dollar yet, take the numbers off of it and take it back to the mint and find out if that number on that dollar bill corresponds with the mint. If it does, there's a silver dollar waiting there for it. Is that right? Well, take her work and take it to the Bible and take the work that I do for the Lord and take it to the Bible and see which one's right. That's the mint. That's the one that proves it. If this don't declare Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and she no more than and the witch of Endor. Exactly. There they both are at the men, if you don't know what they are. But the looseness. You say, what about, let me just give my expression here just a minute, if you'll excuse me just a moment while we're on this. I'm going to stop this just a minute because I feel something to tell you. Here's a channel right here. I don't tell this before people. I've got a lot of secrecy in my own life, of course, between God and I. But looky here, there's a channel like this, and that's where mortals live, in here. And it's a conglomeration of gaiety and blackness and sin. Every once in a while you see a little white spot or a light. Jesus said, you're a light that sits on a hill. Don't light a candle and put a bushel over it. That's Christians in this conglomeration of this dimension of mortals. Well, going this way, downward, the next dimension is the souls of the unjust who die not knowing God. The second is demons, and the third in the Trinity is hell. Unjust souls, demons, and hell. There's a Trinity here. One of them is caught into the third heaven. The first is a ghost, too. The Holy Ghost. Second, angels. Third, heaven itself. Now, these mortals in this dimension here is influenced either from there or from here. Now, what happened to that woman? She broke through into this dimension here, like the witch of Endor did. She called the spirit of Samuel. Now, the Bible, I know, you know, many people fuss about it and say it was somebody impersonating Samuel, but the Bible said it was Samuel. And I believe it was Samuel because God said it was in his Bible. Now, Saul, he went to the prophet. The prophet couldn't see no vision for him. Then he asked the Lord for a dream. He wouldn't give him no dream. Then he went and spoke to the Urim of Thundam, and it wouldn't flash for him. 
So he disguised himself. He crawled up to the witch of Endor and said, Call me the spirit of Samuel. And she called the spirit of Samuel. And when Samuel come up, the witch fell on her face and said, I see God's rising up out of the earth. Is that right? I see God's coming up out of the earth. And she was scared. Now watch. There stood Samuel in his prophet robes. And he wasn't only just standing there, but he knew Saul. Is that right? I might sip a little bit of my Calvinistic doctrine in here right now, but I guess I better hold it still. <laughs> Somebody told me, he said, Saul was lost. When a man's truly born of the Spirit of God and remains with God, he's not lost. He can't be lost. A grain of wheat can never produce nothing but a wheat. That's right. That man backslid, that's the truth, but he wasn't lost. Look here, I'll prove it right here. Watch. The witch called the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel recognized Saul and said, Why did you come to me, seeing you become an enemy of God? Now, you Baptists ought to holler amen for me in a minute. Now, why did it, why, why have you called me, seeing that you're an enemy of God? Now, watch. He said, not only was, was Samuel standing there, but he was still a prophet. Amen. He was still a prophet. And he said, tomorrow you're going to fall in the battle, and your son will fall with you, and but this time tomorrow night you'll be with me. Then if Saul was lost, so was Samuel. That right? <laughs> Saul never committed suicide. A Philistine killed him. Any of you Bible readers that read it thoroughly knows that. A Philistine killed him, and David killed the Philistine part. All right. Notice, Saul was wounded, it's true. But it, a Philistine killed him. And David killed him because he said, You have taken the life of the anointed of God. And Saul was a prophet himself. Now, but now, now my good Catholic friend, don't disagree. If you disagree, it's too friendliness now, see. I remember my people are Catholic, too. But now, just a minute. Now, the Catholic Church believes in the intercession or, or uh, communion of saints, of dead people who die and go on. It's purely a form of spiritualism. And the Protestant Church, right in their own homemade Apostles' Creed, which is never no such a thing found in the Bible, they say they believe in the Holy Roman Catholic Church and they believe in the communion of saints, which brings Protestantism into spiritualism. Then when they see the Spirit of God moving in a person, they want to claim him to be a devil when they're the thing themselves, confessing in their own creed. Now this, brother, I tell you, sometimes we need to be skinned down and rubbed a little bit to see where we're standing, don't you think so? Make right, right. Any person, if those saints, now I'm not condemning Catholic saints, but look, the reason that the witch of Endor could call the spirit of Samuel because Samuel couldn't go into the presence of God, he was in paradise. For the blood of bulls and goats would not take away sin. But since Jesus died, 
He divorced sin and taken away sin, and the believer now goes into the presence of God. And he can't come back, Jesus said in Luke when he's talking about the rich man. He can't return. So if you're interceding with any kind of a spirit of someone that's gone on outside of God, Christ, the only mediator between God and man, then you're in spiritualism called religion. Now, where is spiritualism at? <laughs> so be careful what you say about the Spirit of God, see? Communing with saints is spiritualism. Now, notice, these souls under the altar here. These souls, I mean, uh, Jesus, I read the text a few minutes ago. David foresaw him always before, said, Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope, will not leave my soul in hell, Neither will it suffer the Holy One to see corruption. A better scripture than that is found in Peter. He said Jesus, when he died, he went and preached to the souls that were in chains of darkness in prison, waiting for the eternal judgment. That Jesus, when he died at Calvary, went and preached to souls, unjust souls, that repented not in the long suffering of the days of Noah. Let's get that. Here he stands on earth. The most glorious. You have to read between the lines to get the Bible a lot of times. I think of old Job there when he said uh, he was all broke out with boils and the people were coming and saying, How won't you cuss God and die? His wife said, and he said, Thou speakest as a foolish woman. And there he was all broke out sitting on the ash heap. I preached on that for about three months one time. A woman wrote in and told me, said, when are you going to get Job off the ash heap, Brother Branham? And I, he's scraping his boils. The woman come to the door and told him he ought to curse God and die. And he said, thou speakest as a foolish woman. The Lord gave, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to notice, when Job died, he specified his burial. Along came Abraham. Watch between the lines now, you readers. This is not written right in the Word. You have to read it in between. It's hid from the eyes of wise and prudent. When Job died, he specified his burial ground. Along came Abraham, and when Sarah died, he bought a parcel of ground, bought it, you know how he did with the shelters of silver, near Job. And he buried, when he died, he was buried with her. Abraham begot Isaac. When Isaac died, Isaac slept with Jacob. Or with uh, Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob died down in Egypt. But he said, don't bury me down here. Why? Take me back up in Palestine and bury me. Why? Bury me with my fathers in the cave. Jacob begot Joseph. We know the perfect type of Christ. Well, when Joseph was dying, he said... Don't bury my bones down here. Why? He was a prophet. He foresaw things that the rest of them didn't see. He said, take me up in Palestine and bury me with my father. And Moses, after 400 years, took Joseph's bones and buried him in Palestine. I wonder why. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And the last days he'll stand on the earth and though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. 
whom I shall see for myself, my eyes shall behold and not another. A God would stand on the earth and he'd see him. Abraham said, if Job's going to see him, I'm going to be buried right with him. So I can see him too. I'll bear Sarah there. Bear them all there. For they know that the first fruits of the resurrection wasn't coming out of Egypt. It was coming out of Palestine. And that's the reason today I say have all your frolicking world you want. Those that are dead in Christ will God bring with him in the resurrection. So bury me in Jesus Christ for I know there's where the resurrection is coming from. Call me what you want to, Holy Lord. Don't make any difference to me. Just so I'm buried in Christ, hid away from the world. There's where the resurrection is going to come from the spirit-born Christians that's dead to the things of the world, crazy to the world, silly acting. That's the one that's coming in the resurrection as the Bible states. Right. Read between the lines, brother. Notice. My wife write me a letter. She said, Dear Bill, so-and-so, I read what she says, and I read between the lines because I love her, and I know what she's talking about. Get in love with him one time. Don't try to solve and argue about the thing. Just get in love with him, and he'll, he'll reveal it to you. Hide it from the theological seminaries and reveal it to babes such as will learn. It's proved to be the truth. You've had 20, uh, almost 2,000 years to prove your argument, and you failed to two-thirds of the world has never heard of Jesus Christ yet. Give me 500 people born of the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, and on fire for God. I'll do more for the kingdom of God in one year's time than the whole church has done in 2,000 years. Right. That'll believe in signs and wonders and miracles and be truly, not a make-believe, but truly born to the Spirit of God. That's right. What we need, that's God's program. All right, just a minute now. Let's get these things. When Jesus died... He was the Son of God. I believe He was a virgin-born Son of God. I believe Jehovah God overshadowed a little virgin, created a blood cell in the womb of Mary, out knowing any man. It developed, was born, was a Son of God, and Jehovah came down and dwelt in His Son. God was on earth dwelling with us in a man, His Son, Jesus Christ. Just a, if you don't believe that, you're lost. That's right. An atheist arguing with me not long ago said, Preacher, do you mean to tell me that woman could have a baby without knowing a man? I said, Yes, sir. Said, It can't be. It can't be. Said, It's against all scientific rules. Corn won't even pull. Nothing else without an actual contact of male and female. I said, Is that right? I said, I want to ask you something. Will you admit that Mary, Jesus, had a mother? Yes. But it's impossible for God to be his father. Said, There is no such a thing as God. You mean the great spirit of the great creation couldn't have created the blood cell? No, there is no such a thing. She had an affair with Joseph and just a little slip up like we have now and they started a religion by it. I thought I want to ask you something then, sir. Where did the first man come from? Let him be tadpole, monkey, or whatever he was. You want to say, the first man, where did he come from and who was his pap in mammy? According to your statement, he had to have a father and a mother. Before it could be done, then where did the first man come from? Let him be anything he wants to be. That's right. Fifteen minutes now at an old pine tree where me and Brother Woods passed the other day, I led him to Christ. <laughs> Amen. He couldn't answer. Surely not. According to their statement, he had to have a beginning of both father and mother. So who was he? 
who made the first one. Oh, there, I'm like what Billy Sunday said about prohibition. Their argument is, is thinner than the broth made out of a shad of a chicken that starved to death. Now, that's how thin it is. That's right. They just haven't got no legs at all to stand on. No, sir. God is and a rewarder of those who seek him. That's right. Now, notice. When Jesus died at Calvary, he said everything on earth knew that was the Son of God. God said it was his Son. He shut the heavens off. It was dark over the earth. He couldn't watch his own son die. Yet his son given him blood for the remission of sin. The Roman centurion put his hand over his heart and said, Truly, that's the Son of God. Judas is the carrot said, I betrayed innocent blood. The earth said it was the Son of God. It belched out the rocks in a great earthquake when he died. Everything recognized it was the Son of God. Oh, my. I want to start this. going to have a prayer line, but I feel real good right now. Watch him. Bear with me just a minute if you can stand some of this old-time sorghum molasses and hickory smoked ham. Look. Coming down. Condescending. The Son of God said, Into thy hands I command my spirit. Gave up the ghost. And the Bible said he went and preached to the souls that were in prison. Amen. What is it? These fellows here were that Miss Pepper broke into. The souls that were in prison that repented not in the long suffering of God in the days of Noah when the ark was being prepared. I can see him. Let's dramatize this. I can see him coming down into this first dimension of lost souls. Knock at the door. Opened up the door. That wailing mass of beautiful women, wretched hags, man, all screaming and crying. Poor man. Oh, if I could get out of here. He knocked at the door. The door swung open. There stood the Son of the living God. And a celestial body said, I am the Son of God. That Enoch's head would come with ten thousands of his saints. I'm the one that Noah spoke of. I'm the woman's seed from the Garden of Eden. The heavens have just testified of me. The earth has testified of me. Judas testified of me. The Roman soldier testified of me. The father testified of me. Now you got to know that I'm here to fulfill the Word of God. Hallelujah. Every demon knowed he was there when he's on earth. They screamed and hollered, We know who you are, the Holy One of God. They knew him. Even the preachers didn't. They knew who he was. And then they screamed, Let us out. He said, Why didn't you repent? Slam went the door. On down he went and below the demons. Down through that line of demonology. They screamed and hollered and got back. They know where they went. When he cast them out of the demon, the demons out of the man of Gadaria, they went into the swine, choked herself. They seen that presence of that Holy One coming walking through there. They hit like a bunch of roaches on when the lights is turned on in the summertime when they're gnawing on an apple core. Put me in mind of some preachers. When you turn the gospel light on, they scatter. Don't you go over there to hear that. Put me in mind of a big old bunch of roaches in the summertime. In the darkness, they can nibbling over. Turn the light on one time. 
Now try him. Boy, the next thing you did, he come on down through that other trinity, on down into hell. I can see him go up the door. Satan walked through the door and said, oh, so you finally got here, did you? Yes, I'm here. I thought you and I, I had you and I killed Abel. I thought I got you when I got Abel. I was sure I had you when I told Daniel in the lines then. When I beheaded John, I thought I had you then. Well, when he was on the cross, I thought I had you, but finally, you've arrived. Jesus said, yes, I've arrived. And I've arrived for one purpose. You have put fear and chills over the people long enough. I've come down to take over. That's right. Boys, said, I am the virgin-born Son of God. Oh, I got a right, Adam's sin, but my blood's still wet on the cross that paid that sin. Yes, sir. I come down to take over. Give me the keys of death and hell. He done give the keys to the kingdom to Peter, the church. Yes, sir. He said, give me the keys of death and hell. You notice when he rose, he had him hanging on his side. He said, give me the keys of death and hell. Reach over and grab Satan by the neck. Throw him down, put his foot on him. Reach over and grab them all. Said, you fool people long enough. Get back in there where you belong. Hang him on his side. I'm the boss now. My blood has been shed up down the cross for the remission of sin and for sickness. You can't keep him there any longer. There'll be people who'll believe me. You can't bind him up with sickness. You can't bind him up with fear. They'll bleed. Hallelujah. The keys of death and hell. Here he comes climbing out, brother. She's coming near daylight. I can see the big morning star looking around the grave already. It's coming on the third day. Hallelujah. The first wait, he's got somebody else over here in paradise. So he don't forget nobody. <laughs> Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. Over here in paradise lay some souls. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, and those who've been faithful, believing the promise of the prophets. And they're laying there waiting with only the blood of bulls and goats, a shadow or a type of his own blood. I can see him go up to paradise. Knock on the door. Abraham opens up the door. Who are you? He said, I am the seed of Abraham. I hear Daniel say, what? That's the stone I seen hewed out of the mountain without hands. <laughs> I hear Ezekiel say, I saw him coming with such speed to look like the clouds was dust under his feet. Oh, my. I can hear the prophet say, I wrestle with him all night down at the river before a cross. Hallelujah. John, the different ones recognize him. Say, all right, brethren, gird up your loins. The resurrection is here. It's just about 15 minutes before time that that grave's going to open yonder. My righteous blood has been shed down for you. You was uh, waiting on me under the blood of goats and bulls, which cannot take you in the presence of the Father. But I've shed my blood to take it away. Now we're on a road home. Come on. I hear Abraham say, come on, Sarah. Catch her by the arm. I hear Abraham say, my Lord. 
He said, yes, my servant. What do you want? Say, can we make a little whistle stop in Jerusalem? <laughs> I just like to look the old town over to a place where me and Sarah roamed around so much. Sure, I'm going to be there 40 days and nights with my disciples. Got to give them some more lectures before you go. <laughs> All right, we're going to make a little whistle stop. And about that time, the angel of God rolled away the stone. There was an earthquake all over the earth. And the Bible said that many of the bodies of the saints that sat in him rose and come out of the grave in immortal bodies, like his own glorious body. What? I can see Kathy standing saying, what was all that noise this morning, you priest? Priest said, I don't know. The only thing, there's people appearing everywhere around this city here. Some of them claim they're old saints that's resurrected. Well, Kathy says, I don't know. I said, say, who is that young couple coming there? I think it's Sarah and Abraham walking over there. Look at there, honey. Remember that old place where we come down that hill yonder? Yeah, I remember that. What? Uh-oh, we're being watched. He just vanished, just like kind of body he had, went right into the building, to the walls. They didn't even know his own glorious body. They were walking here on earth and appearing to people. Hallelujah. Yes. Then after 40 days. Hallelujah. Excuse me. No, don't excuse me. I don't mean that. No. Brother, there's nothing formal. God's without form. Let me tell you something. On after 40 days, his feet begin to lift from the ground one day. He said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. You're going to be called fortune teller. You're going to be called devil. You're going to be called everything now. But you're going to cast out devils. <laughs> Amen. Lay your hands on the sick. They shall recover. Here he goes up. I can see Sarah and Abraham, all of them, join him with him. Oh, my. Here they go on up past the moon, the stars. Jesus at the head, the Old Testament saints behind him, walking. Hallelujah. They come inside of the big great city yonder. It's built four square, pearly gates. I can hear all the Old Testament saints with their great picture walking in front of them. Great conqueror. Oh, he is a mighty conqueror since he rent the veil in two. Here he is with the Old Testament saints. I can hear him holler, lift up ye everlasting gate, and be lifted up, and let the King of glory come in. I hear the angel say, what was that? Lift up ye everlasting gate, and be lifted up, and let the King of glory come in. I hear the angel holler, who is this King of glory? <laughs> the Lord of hosts, mighty in battle, he is the King of glory. I can see Gabriel walk out there with his chest toed back, press the button, open, come the gate, down through the street, went Jesus victorious with the Old Testament saints right down through the street. Hallelujah. Victory! Walked right up in the presence of the Father and said, Father, here they are. They all died in faith, looking to the time. Hallelujah. I hear you say, well done, my son. Climb up here and sit on my right hand till I make all your enemies your footstool. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, I'm a half hour late. I don't want to be that way there. 
He's making every enemy his footstool. All devils is under his feet. All sickness is under his feet. All sin is under his feet. And we are in him more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, when a believer dies now, he goes straight to the presence of God. John on the Isle of Patmos said, The souls are on the altar cried, How long, Lord, how long? Just a little longer until they call some more holy rollers and fix them all up down there and they suffer the same thing you did. Then he looked over there and he saw them coming, a great number which no man can mal- no multitude which no man can number. White robed saints, palms in their hands, awaiting. He said, Who are these? He said there they have come out of the tribulation, the persecutions. Come up and made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb there before him day and night. I want to be numbered with them, don't you? You know, I want to see Jesus, don't you? That's what I want to do. When my earthly journey's finished, my last song, my last sermon, and this old Bible is laying closed somewhere. I look standing around the bed, and there stands my boy, my girls, my wife, my loved ones. I want to raise my hand and say, happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. I want to slip from this old building when it gets a leak in it here. I want to drop her here, this robe of flesh. I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. I hope by God's grace that I can stand in His presence that day and meet you, everyone, that's here tonight. And when I stand there in His great August being and His great uh, uh, presence in the presence of the angelic host standing around, who knows ever thought this in your heart? I can walk up to Him and say, My Lord, I did the best that I know how with what you give me to do with. Thou to give me a divine gift as being a seer, I did all that I know how. I preached your word to the best of my knowledge. Lord, these followed. <laughs> oh, my. What, if I can just touch his feet, maybe kiss the ground where he's walked, scoot back over, and if he'll just build me a little log cabin somewhere down there beyond your all's palace, I'll be happy. God bless you. He's sure tonight. I claim him. He's my Lord. He's your Lord. He's my healer. He's your healer. And I know what I'm talking about. He's here. Will you believe him? Let's bow our heads. Sister, would you come up to the piano just a moment? <clears throat> I didn't aim to go to preaching, friend. It's just kind of hard to get out of that. Our Heavenly Father, well, <clears throat> pardon me, Lord, you were misunderstood. Why shouldn't we be misunderstood? doesn't bother us. You told us we would be, so we are. And we're just thankful that we can bear the reproach. Thankful that you give us the opportunity. We pray now that you'll bless these people. Many of them are here sick and needy. Lord, there's nothing I know to do anymore than to present the gospel to them, tell them what you said, and then with your divine gift that thou hast given, if you'll just tonight, if, and if I did preach in there, do wrong, you forgive me, 
And I pray that you'll send the great angel of God that'll stand here by me, that'll help me, the great gift, angel, ministering spirit sent from the presence of God to minister the will of God through his servant. You said he makes his secrets known to his prophets. His ministers are flaming fires. And I pray that you'll bless tonight. Override all opposition. And may your spirit come in lovely and sweet and bless us all together. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to be reverent. Do you believe we'd ask prayer just where you're sitting like that and God would heal every one of you? I, I wonder what sometimes the audiences think before it gets started into the meeting. I know what most of you are thinking. <laughs> you want a prayer line. That's what you're wanting. Now, that's the truth. My brother Bosworth, it just won't work in my meetings. That's all there is to it. It just takes a prayer line. I just as soon as I made mention of that, just to see what it was, that wall just come down. See, everybody in here wants the prayer line to be prayed for. All right, did you give out some prayer cards? What was it? You. How many? One to a hundred. <clears throat> All right. We just have to. We can't call everybody. We just have to call them a few at a time. Pray for the sick. Now, whether God usually in preaching, why it's kind of another anointing. And I want you to remember me in your prayers. Prayer card use. Prayer card use. Are we strangers, lady? I don't know you. You don't know me. No contact at all in the world. Never Jesus, saw you before. Never saw me before. All right, that makes us perfectly total strangers. Well, now, if you are sick, then you've come here to me for help. And the help cometh from God. But you believe me as your brother, don't you? Do you believe, have you ever read that little book of the story of the angel of the Lord appearing to me? Have you ever read that? Never read it, just coming like that. Well, God will surely help you then. Now, if our Lord Jesus was standing here, he knows you, doesn't he? He knows everything you've ever done. And so he could tell you. Well, then you being a stranger to me, if he through his sovereign holy grace will, will let me know something about you, like the woman at the well or whatever he talked to, then you'd accept your healing, wouldn't you? You know there'd have to be some kind of a supernatural <laughs> being here that's a doing that, wouldn't you? You'd have to have come from a supernatural resource. And then, then you'd know it come from supernatural, but then it'd be your attitude towards that which would determine your healing. You see what I mean? You believe that God is still the same that he ever was? You believe he's the same? Now, you, you have a... Uh, an asthmatic condition that's, that's bothering you, and you also have a female disorder. And that examination has proved, I believe you said, a cyst. In a, is that right? Is that true? Every word of it's true. 
Well, then, if every word of that is true, and me not knowing you, but seeing and hearing what that man told you, and seeing what you was at home, and so forth, and it's a supernatural being, is that right? Then I tell you, by that same spirit, if you'll accept Jesus as your healer now, you'll go home and get well. Do you do it? God bless you, then. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless our sister and may she go home and be well in commemoration of thy great words which said they'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I do this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now go rejoicing, happy sister, and thanking God for your healing. All right, come, sir. Now, how many of you here the first time believe now with all your heart that I believe, Brother Branham, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? That's enough to prove to me right now that he's here. Will you raise your hand and say, I believe it. Thank you. Thank you. That's newcomers, every one of you. <clears throat> now the Lord bless you. Now, I am, you understand that I'm not a healer, friends. I couldn't heal no one. If I could, I'm sure, me sitting here looking at this woman that's paralyzed, I'd certainly go down and heal her. I know what's wrong with her. I know where her trouble is. I know this woman is the same. Both of them are paralytics. That's right. It's been for some time. Now I know just a little shadow holds behind you there. If you could ever cross that little shadow there, you'd get up from there and walk out of the building. That's right. If you could, but I can't bring you above that shadow. Your own spirit has to lift you up like that. There it is. It's just a little, you think, well, I'm in such a condition. I, I just, see, don't think that. God can heal you as same as he can heal a toothache. Step up to that. All right. Excuse me, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. You're the patient, aren't you? Sometimes in speaking like that, I, knowing I've got an audience before me, it makes me kind of feel that I, uh, the anointing, if I get too far into it, then it hurts me, you know, then I, the vision begins to move and I, I don't know just exactly what to do. And now you, you are a, a believer, I see that now, that you are a Christian. Now because I know that, that as soon as I catch your spirit, your life seems to welcome. You're very conscious that something's near. That is, have you ever seen the picture of that angel on the paper? Here, we've got it. They've scientifically taken it. That's just exactly what's near. You are a minister. You are a minister, and you're a Methodist preacher. Is that right? Your name is O'Banion. Is that right? You're, they call you Howard, don't they? Brother Howard? That's, that's what your name is. And you are, you're suffering with some kind of a colon trouble or in, in there, and it causes a ration to come on you, some kind of breaking out. Isn't that true? You have a wife that's had an operation some years ago or some time, and it was a gallbladder. Is that right? It's caused a bad effect, and she has a heart asthma now. Was those things the truth, sir? Yes, sir. Are they? Yes. I don't know what I told you, but is it the truth? Yes, sir. It's the truth. All right. Something here knew that. Is that right? That's the angel of the Lord. See, he can make you whole, my brother. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless our brother. 
heal him, dear God. And may his troubles, whatever they are, end from tonight on, because he has come reverently and believed on your Son, Jesus Christ, that he raised from the dead, as he promised, and is living in his church tonight. God bless my brother, who I bless in Jesus Christ's name for his healing. Amen. God bless you, my brother. But go on your road. God be with you. All right. Uh, Billy, or Brother Wood, this is a patient. Are you believers, sister? Do you believe me to be his prophet? Or his preacher? Or I catch that. It's the Spirit that says that, you see. Myself, I don't care to say that. But do you believe that God is sure to help you? I could not help you no more than by a divine revelation from God or a vision. And by doing that, well, I uh, perhaps would be able to, to help you. Uh, you have many things wrong with you. You have arthritis for one thing. You have heart trouble for another thing. You have a stomach trouble for another thing. You have a kidney trouble for another thing. Is that true? I seem to see me like a doctor talking to you or something. I couldn't see it just right. Just a moment. I want to talk to you again. There was something happened there I didn't see. Would you? I want to talk to you just a moment again. Like the uh, talking at the woman. Oh, here he is. Or you've got something wrong in your, some kind of a, a choking uh, in, in your throat. That was caused from an old bronchitis condition you had long years, some time ago. Is that right? Long time ago. And it's done. Are you believing now? See, more vision, it just makes it weaker on me. You accept your healing? Lord, heal her, Father. I pray that you'll be merciful to her, and may she go from here tonight and be made completely whole. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Whatever it was, the truth wasn't. This true now. Go and be healed in Jesus Christ's name. All right, come, lady. You believe with all your heart? You believe that God sent me to help you? What you're weeping for, sir, is you're crying. You want God to heal you of that prostrate trouble? You do stand up on your feet. Accept your healing now. Go home. The prostrate trouble leaves you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You believe me to be his servant? With all your heart you believe in? You've had an accident. And you've hurt it's your neck and your leg. You you fell through a, a, a register or something, isn't that right? Long time hurt yourself. Your trouble's laying right in your back. It's a strained nerve which is doing this here and down there. Was those things the truth? If you would, would you let the people know that's the truth? Truth. Every bit of it. Well, whatever he told you, that wasn't me. 
that was my voice, but I was somewhere else seeing you somewhere. It seems to me, I'm not sure, but it seems to me that something happened to you. Was that right? Didn't you fall or fall or or fell through something? That was the truth. Then that's God confirming that I've told the truth. And here's what's true. Jesus healed you when he died at Calvary. Do you now accept it? Come here. In confirmation of thy word, O God, to fulfill what Jesus Christ, your son, said, do I lay hands upon this, my sister, who's confident that she's standing in the presence, not of her brother, but in the presence of Jehovah God. And I pray thee, God, to bless her for her faith, and may she go and be well. In the name of thy son, Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go and testify now and let us hear what's to come. Come, sister. Now, be just as reverent as you possibly can. Vision, it, it makes you feel such a funny feeling. My lips are feeling like they're that thick and all over me. Now, please don't move. Sit still just a minute. Be in prayer. So I can kind of get to myself around a little. Are you all believing? The Lord Jesus is here confirming his word. And I, I pray that you'll believe. If he can't make you believe, what's he used to be trying? Sister, now look on me just a moment so I can just see you, just be reverent, and I just want to talk to you, just see your, your human being as I am. And I must catch your spirit in order to to know and to see. And but you're you're standing for someone else. It's your mother, an elderly woman who's unable to come to the meeting, and there's something wrong in the in the stomach, it, or the or the doctor. It's a cancer. The woman is dying, and she asks you to come and stand for me. I've seen her as she said when you left the door for you to stand in her place. Is that truth, lady? Our Heavenly Father, send our blessings to her. Whatever her request is, Lord, for healing, grant it to her as I bless this poor woman. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go and be unto you just as you believe. That's just the way it'll be. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. Come, lady. Have faith. Are you believing with all your heart? All right, lady, I want you to look this way just a moment to me. Do you believe me to be the Lord's servant? Unworthy to say that. I'm ashamed of my life, ashamed of my being. 
to even claim to be his servant, but yet through his grace he has made me his servant. And my hands to represent, how can my hands ever represent his, seeing that my hands is unholy to represent his holy hands? But whose hands would be holy? We were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. Now, just a moment. There's a demon in the audience screaming to this woman. On that woman right there. You have asthma, don't you, lady? You do too, don't you? Asthmatic. All right. Stand up to your feet. That's right. Stand up, lady, with the black coat on. That's right. Go home, both of you now, and get healed. God bless you. Go in Jesus' name. Let's say praise the Lord. Satan. All right. I felt that. And demons calling one to another. Now, come, lady. Believe with all your heart. You know, give that kidney trouble and go home and be made well. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing me. God bless her and heal her, I pray, in Jesus Christ's name that you will grant us, Father. Hey, come, lady. Wasn't it a strange thing when I said kidney trouble to her? Or you have the same, just keep on going and say, Lord, I thank you for my healing. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Do you believe, lady, with all your heart? You believe me to be his servant? What are you, Amish? And you, very lovely. I appreciate your faith in Christ Jesus. In Fort Wayne, Indiana, and many of your people were there and healed. An Amish minister married me. <clears throat> your loyalty is appreciated. And you suffer, I see, and <clears throat> especially in a room of an evening, there's something take. Oh, yes, you're coughing real hard. It's an asthmatic condition. Is that right? Sleeping at night, you can't hardly sleep. It's so bad. Isn't that right? In a, a room where you have to yourself. Now God knows that that's true. You believe you're going to get well now? May I ask God to help you, sisters, you come forward. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, bless this little woman who I bless in thy name. And may she get healed from this night and take this message to her people that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and is a great healer that heals all the sickness. I ask this in his name. Amen. God bless you, my little sister. Go on your road rejoicing, bleeding, and be good. All right. Come, ladies. That's a horrible demon. It makes you dizzy and upset all the time. It's sugar diabetes, you see. But God can heal you of that. Standing here between you and I now is dripping like out of white blood. Knows it's insulin shots and things that have to be taken to keep it down. I pray that God will heal you. Will you accept it now? Accept your healing. Oh, Jesus, Son of God, may this poor soul come to Calvary just now and get a blood transfusion from that holy blood there at Calvary and never need another shot as long as she lives. Oh, I pray this blessing for her in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoice. Now go happy. You want to go back or any way you want to go? All right. Come, lady. If God will speak and say what's wrong with you, will you accept your healing? You will accept it. You promised me that. Well, 
You have trouble with your ovary, which is the female trouble causing a discharge. Isn't that right? Or just, you go right back now and get well. Just turn right around and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Or go back this way any way you want to go. Say, thank you. Wasn't it a strange thing when I said that to her? Because you suffered with the very same thing and it left you the same time hers did. God bless you. Go and be made well. Let's say thanks be to God. Strange thing, you had the same thing, lady. Is that right? A female disorder. Just keep on going. You've been real nervous for a while, too, have you? Don't worry about that. That's what caused it, you see, which might cause a premature menopause. But just keep thanking God. It's ulcerated in there, but it's, it's moved now. Go believe in God, and you shall get well. Let's say thanks be to God. Come believing with all your heart. Get over the diabetes and so forth. Go home and be made well. Do you believe God with all your heart? Believe he's going to heal you right now? Let me lay, you want me to lay hands on you that time. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal her. May she go in Jesus' name to be made well. God bless you, sister. All right, come, lady. Come, sir, with all your heart. Of course, I see you're wearing glasses, which is caused from your eyes. Anyone can see that. Maybe there's something else wrong that, that God will reveal to me that people say, well, of course, knowing your eyes are going bad like that and, just, and seeing that little place down your eye. We won't speak of that because you know of that. But perhaps maybe there's something else wrong. God will reveal it. Yes, sir. You believe with all your heart? You have heart trouble, too. Is that right? All right, go ahead. Now, you believe? God bless you. Go and be made well in Jesus' name. Come, lady, believe with all your heart as you come. You believe with, if God could help you here, if God would reveal to me what your trouble is, do you believe that he would make you well? Sure. You believe it with all your heart. Stand still just a minute. Yes, it's that lady sitting right there. You have stomach trouble, don't you, sister? Yeah, stomach trouble. You had stomach trouble too, didn't you? You're both healed. Go home and eat what you want to. The lady sitting second from you there had stomach trouble too. Right down that other lady too sitting down there had a stomach trouble too. You believe with all your heart. You believe it? It's an ulcerating condition, causing peptic ulcer. You go home and eat what you want to. God bless you. The lady sitting right between you had a rupture. Is that right, lady? You believe? Go home. What's the matter, sir? Do you believe with all your heart? All right. You had a, a heart trouble and rheumatism, and you, you believe that God will make you well there? If you do, you can raise up. Oh, you have gallbladder trouble sitting right next there. Gallbladder trouble. Is that right, sir? All right. You can raise up too and accept your healing and go home. You can go be made well. God bless you. That's it. Go home. You're healed. Standing here last night trying to believe, now your face made you whole. God bless you. Go home, you're well, and be all right. Let's say thanks be to God. Come, lady. Come, you lady. You believe me to be his prophet, his servant, with all your heart? Have a hard time getting up in the morning, don't you? That arthritis bothers you so bad at morning. What if I told you it was gone? Will you believe it? Go off the platform, walk like a little young lady, go ahead and be made well in Jesus Christ's name. Have faith in God. 
Oh, what the Holy Spirit could do right now. Come, sir. You believe him? If God will reveal your trouble, will you, will you accept your healing? You have diabetes. Your blood. God will make you well. Go believe it. God bless you, brother. Let's say thanks to God. Come, sir. You believe him with all your heart? What made you jump when I said heart trouble? Because heart's what's bothering you. Isn't that right? Now you can go home and be made well. If you believe with all your heart, Jesus Christ will make you well. Father, I pray that you'll heal the man. For we know without this, he would die soon. And I pray that you'll help him. Amen. God bless you, my brother. God be with you. All right. Let's say thanks be to God. God bless you, sister. You believe for the little boy? The female trouble. And this little laddie here. You believe you'll get over it? Yes. Yeah. He'll quit having them? Yes, yeah, And spells. Yes. Yeah. Epilepsy. You come from out of town. Yes. You come from a rolling country. A lot of I'm either gonna say it's Carolina or Virginia one. I'll say Virginia. Is that right? Now uh, this is epilepsy. I want everyone to bow your head and bring me the baby. Come here, son. I remember this is the kind of gets away. I want every mother with your child and close. I'm not responsible. Remember, if, if anything happens, if you're a critic, this is your time to leave. Epilepsy is the one thing that causes more trouble than anything. I don't say I can. By God's help, I believe I can make it leave you. But remember, it'll be in the building. Now bow your heads and don't raise it till you hear me say so. Look here, son. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for you, honey, that you might be made well, that this thing might leave you. Well, if Jesus will make you well, will you serve God all your life and, and serve him and be a young man if God lets you live? And if he calls you to preach the gospel, you'll preach to him. Will you do that? Almighty God, who brought Jesus from the grave, this devil has robbed this child. You're seeing as there lays a future in his life, I believe. That's why I take the little boy here under this consideration, not ask you to be merciful to this child. Now thou demon is called epilepsy. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I charge thee by the living God, come out of the boy, leave him, go out of this building and torment no one else. In Jesus Christ's name, I bind thee and send thee from this child. By the authority of the vicarious suffering, of Jesus, the Son of God at Calvary, I uh, ask you to go from the child. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look here, Sonny. It's off of him now, Mother. Gone. I just keep believing. Oh, hallelujah. God bless you, honey. God bless you. Boys, your trouble's ended too, sister. You're gone. Oh. May God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. Now raise your hand. Raise your hand. I thought it was going to show up. I believe that boy's got a future. I seen something. I couldn't make out what it was because it was so weak right at this time. But I, I thought that something showed to the boy. 
Now be reverent. Have faith in God. Believe him with all your heart. See a little lady sitting there praying, the spirit hanging over a halo. It's uh, she's got something wrong with her hip. And you're suffering with a nervous condition. You were praying that I would speak to you. Isn't that right, lady? When you had your prayer going, little lady in white there, isn't that right? I've seen you. All right, you're going to get well now. You're going to be all right. There's a poor old man sitting there with a crutch in his arm. Look this way, sir. Do you believe me? To, that's all right. Do you believe me to be God's prophet? You do. All right. You've just recently had a stroke that's put you in this condition. And it must have been you had the same clothes on. It's been the last day or two you was to visit a doctor. And a doctor's putting something over you. It's on your heart. He says you got heart trouble. He shook his head and says that you can't live but a little while. Is that the truth, sir? I would accept Jesus Christ as my healer and stick that crutch on my shoulder and go out of here and glorify God if I was in your place. God bless you. Get some spunk in you like that of the old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction and go out. God bless you. Now stick it on your shoulder and go out on your heel. Let's say praise the Lord. All right. You believe now? How many believes? Raise your hand. Now bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I pray thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus, that you will cast away every unclean spirit, every devil that's in the building. May it all leave and every one in here be perfectly made well. Oh God, you who stood here hour after hour and has confirmed your word with signs following. How much longer will these people of this world disbelieve you, Lord? Oh, God, grant that every spirit of unbelief and every doubt will be drove away from the people right now, and the power of your resurrected Son may take its place and give strength and power, and may every person in here be healed just now. Lord, may the cripples walk out. May everyone that's on crutches walk out, packing their crutches over their shoulders. May the wheel stretcher cases walk out tonight, pushing the cart before them. And may all the heart trouble go out rejoicing, heal everyone, Lord. I condemn every devil through the suffering of Jesus Christ at Calvary, for he won the victory. I say that every devil is defeated in Jesus Christ's name. I ask for him to lead the people. Amen. Almighty God, it raised his son from the dead. Oh, make you everyone well at this minute. Are you believing? If you are believing, stand to your feet, throw away your crutches, get up out of your places, and God make you everyone well.